Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission at Connect Church is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information on who we are and how we're doing just that, visit myconnectchurch.cc. Now, let's jump into this week's message from Pastor Blaine. This morning, I want to uh, begin with a verse of Scripture, John chapter 16, verse 33. As Jesus is finishing his earthly ministry with his disciples, he's teaching them about some next things that are to come that aren't, I mean, are very true, but the context uh, of his statement applies to us uh, a little bit differently than it did to them. But what Jesus said in John 16, 33 is, is, uh, is these, these last teachings, I have said these things to you. And so, so these things are very intentional to the hearer. That in me you may have peace. That in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble. But in me you will have peace. But take heart. I have overcome the world. So Jesus tells us to make sure that our hearts are not troubled or, they're, or neither should they be afraid. We believe in God. We should also believe in him. And here he says that we should take heart in him because he has overcome the world. And when we, when we do this, we can have peace applied to our life. But if we look to the ways of the world, we're going to have in this world tribulation. Even when you place your faith in Jesus, you are still going to have tribulation. As I said several weeks ago, that in this world, it's oftentimes the, the tribulation, the difficulty, the, the, the trials that reveal whether or not we have peace or what we're actually pursuing to gain peace. Jesus also uh, uh, makes it very clear, and we'll talk about this a little bit later uh, today, uh, to the Apostle Paul. And one of the things that Paul says nearer the end of his ministry is, and we know. That word know is important because it could be a number of different ways that's translated, but here it's specifically by experiential knowledge. We, we have experienced that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called and according to his purpose. I think sometimes we quote that and we forget that Paul had to experience it firsthand to know it. So tribulation isn't something that we can avoid. I'm not even sure that it's something that we should try to avoid. And then when I say, I'm always careful as a pastor to say finally, because that's when people start listening. But, but finally in the beginning here, okay? This is the beginning. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I want you to listen very closely. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. 
So this morning we're going to talk about, and over the last couple of weeks we've been talking about, uh, I feel like every week I have to make some presuppositions and some, some statements, so this week will be the same. But we've been talking about finding peace in the areas of our heart that produce fear and trouble. And so today we're going to be talking about how to have peace during times of sickness and how to experience the presence of God when everything else would lead you away from that. And so with that being said, this is a message that applies to every one of us at different layers at different times. And so what I would like for us to do today is I would like for, I'd like for you to do me a favor and I would like to give you, I'd like for you to give me as much grace as you can possibly muster. Because it's a difficult uh, message to preach because all of us have trouble, all of us have affliction, all of us have experienced either firsthand or somebody that we know. We've prayed for somebody who was healed or we've prayed for somebody who was not. We all have different experiences. And so it would be impossible for me to get up here and make blanket statements about everybody's things. So it's really important that you listen today with ears of a hearer and not ears of a critic. Because I will say some things today that may challenge what you have experienced. But what I want to do is to drive your experiences through Scripture rather than allowing us to interpret Scripture through our experiences. It's very important differentiation. So... Uh, with that being said, uh, I may say some things that are initially offensive. I may say some things that cause you to, to pause in your listening. And so what I want you to do is I want you to, if you need to take notes, take notes, go back on them later. This is one of the reasons it's very important to be a part of a, a community of people where you can talk things out with and say, here's what I heard. Well, you were wrong. That's not what he said uh, kind of a thing. Or, you know, uh, you're right. That's exactly what he said. I don't know. But uh, I, don't want to, I don't want to get in the way of God, what God would teach us today about pain, suffering, and sickness. It's really easy to talk about peace and anxiety. It's, it's easy to talk about, you know, peace in chaos, which we have already talked about. But today is a little bit different of a day. Different of a day. So it's a very complicated message. Uh, there, is, there is not a way in this world that it could be a complete message. But it will be correct. But it can't be complete. There will be some things that you will wish that I had addressed that I won't. There'll be some things that you'll wish that I hadn't, that I might. There'll be probably more questions at the end than there are at the beginning. And that's healthy. That's good. We, we want, we're not afraid of questions. If you want to have conversations about your personal experiences, I, I want to walk, walk with you through that. Uh, so I say all that to say, this is not, this is not complete. But my prayer is that it will be correct. I, I also, I, from the very beginning, I need you to know that what I want to do today is I want to put something into the DNA of our church that has been neglected for a really long time. And, and not just since the beginning of our church, but for probably hundreds of years in the people of God because these kinds of messages scare us to death. And so let's, let's begin. Number one, sickness is a part of life. It is something that every person will process. 
Number two, sickness has a single source. And it has lots of causes, but it has a single source. Every sickness comes from the curse, which began with the fall of man in the garden. Everything is corrupt because of that corruption. Number three, healing also has a single source. It's the reverse of the curse. It's, it's the life of Jesus Christ. He is the only source of healing. And I know some people could say, yeah, well, what about hospitals? What about doctors? Well, what about the wisdom that God gives these, these people? What about the uh, information that God gives us and the learning that we acquire over time to help us get better with medicine? I'm telling you that if God doesn't want a person healed, medicine won't help. So healing has a single source as well. All healing belongs to God, regardless of how God decides to meet that healing. There are three types of sicknesses. And they may manifest as, as other things, but they can be placed. And some of you may get tired of me talking about this, but man, it is, it is just the Lord continues to unlock, unlock these things for me and hopefully for us. But in these three types of sicknesses, they can be applied to the, to the, the, the three parts that we are, that God created us to be in his image and in his likeness. The first sickness that I want to talk about is spiritual sickness. That's the sickness that belongs to the spirit. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but when we were born in the image and likeness of our fathers and mothers, we were created already with a sin sickness that was imputed to us through our human nature. Uh, we are sons of Adam. This is why the virgin birth is so incredibly important because Jesus is not a son of Adam. Jesus is a son of God conceived in Mary through the Holy Spirit. So if you say, well, the virgin birth, you know, it's just one of those other things we believe. No, it's, it's everything. The virgin birth is what separates Jesus to be able to pay the price for our sin sickness because he didn't have it. He was immune to sin sickness. And so we are born into this kind of sickness. You do not have to acquire it. You have it from before your very first breath. Though most people are not completely aware of the corruption that it does. Because what, what happens is that sin sickness informs every other part of our life. In fact, it, it, it impacts parts of our life that we don't even recognize that the origin of the impact belongs to the spirit. If you're not a Christian, your spirit is still dead. It doesn't get much sicker than that. And so, of course, we begin to draw off of death instead of drawing off his life. And so once we become Christians and we begin to follow Jesus, now we have the capacity to experience at least some form of healing. And so symptoms begin to manifest in other arenas of life, but have a spiritual origin. So for instance, guilt and shame are symptoms, but they manifest emotionally. Some people have emotional trauma. You know, you have, you have uh, identity issues or you have a corruption of your emotions because of things that were, you know, a part of your past. Some people may struggle through the night and, and, uh, and remember things that they did that they regret and it creates anxiety or fear or, or sometimes even, even panic. And, uh, and, and some people experience those things because of those things that were done to them. 
traumatically, emotionally. But I think we need to understand that once we are cleansed spiritually, we have the capacity to be healed emotionally. So sometimes we begin to, well, I'm going to get ahead of myself a little bit, but sometimes we begin to to try to find healing emotionally. But if the cause is spiritual, then what we do is we numb ourselves from real healing. So if you try to have peace in spiritual problems through handling emotional symptoms, you're probably going to miss ongoing peace and healing. So you may bring peace to the emotions, but you also may miss the sickness of the spirit. And the sickness of the spirit has eternal consequences. So just because you're satisfied, this is so important, because you're satisfied with how you feel emotionally or you're content with how you feel physically does not mean that your spiritual sickness is cured. Secondly, there's emotional sickness. This is the sickness of our emotions, of our will, of our ambition. Most people are quite blinded to the sickness of their emotion. It's almost like if, if we are troubled by the emotional sickness, it bothers us. If it doesn't trouble us, we're not very aware that it's still a sickness. You hear people say sometimes, you just need to follow your heart. You ever heard any people say that? I just need to follow your heart. No, no, no. The heart's the last thing you need. Your, your, your heart is experiencing, experiencing emotional sickness. Unless it's purified with the heart of Jesus, your heart is the last thing you need to trust. Because, because you have emotional sickness. And so you, you ever felt numb? You don't know really what you feel? You really don't know how to process what you're thinking? This is all a product of emotional sickness with brokenness yours and and others of life your your mind begins to torment you that again is guilt and shame and and guilt and shame sometimes listen i want you to be really patient guilt and shame sometimes is a is a gift of god never comes from god but god allows it into our life because without guilt and shame you would never say hey what's wrong And then you need to go over to the spiritual side of who we are and consult that and see if I am right with God. Am I living a repentant life? Have have I been able to give forgiveness to someone who has hurt me? These are very important questions. And without guilt and shame, you may never do that. But if you only deal with guilt and shame, it may push you further away from God. But God would use it to draw you near. Regret, sleeplessness, isolation, loneliness, anxiety, fear. And you may hate these things about yourself and want to rid it, but it just holds on so tight. I know that there are so many of us who have tried forever to let go of pain emotionally. And, it, and, and it, it's a struggle. It's a real struggle. And it begins to make us sick. Emotionally, sick. Relationally, sick. Because we're emotionally sick. And sometimes this has a spiritual cause and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you need to trust him. Sometimes you need to forgive others. And many times you need spiritual healing so that you can experience emotional healing. Other times it's not spiritual. Listen to me closely. Sometimes emotional healing isn't. uh, Emotional sickness isn't because of spirituality. Sometimes it's because of brain chemistry. 
And some of you may be tormented for a really, really long time battling the mind, trying to fix it spiritually when what you need is medication. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? Right? I mean, this isn't a new, a new uh, understanding. Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? I mean, we know that the, 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 the cause of his physical sickness must be spiritual. And Jesus said, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Right? Physical sickness. And God allowed him to be physically sick so that he could manifest the glory of God through miraculous healing. You know, and it was as Jesus began to perform physical healing that people began to recognize that he is the Messiah. He has messianic power and messianic authority. Then you have Psalm 32, very familiar. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no uh, iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Here's what David said. For when I kept silent, that is unrepentant, unconfessed, when I was silent about sin, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Uh, so for night and day, uh, day and night rather, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up by the heat of summer. So David has this picture of just this withering, weakening because he was living with unconfessed sin. I acknowledge my sin to you. I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. So here we have two, two, two physical sicknesses one was remedied the day David confessed. The other was remedied through miraculous physical healing. Both reveal the incredible grace of God, our healer. The blind man had physical issues so that a miracle could testify of God the healer and point to Jesus as the Messiah. If you asked him prior to his healing if it was worth it, He'd say no. Now, I don't know that for sure. I would say no. I think if I walked up to any one of you and said, hey, listen, if it's all right with you, we're going we're gonna to do something as a church, feel called to do it. Uh, you're going to be blind for the next 40 years. At the end of that 40 years, we're going to pray for vision healing, and God is going to reveal himself to the community. If, uh, let's go ahead and form a line of who wants to volunteer. I think all of us would say, no way, it ain't worth it. Well, that's why you don't get a, you don't get a bargain in. Because you would always say, well, I want to I reveal God's glory by winning the lottery. I mean, that would be, that's kind of my choice. I want to win the lottery and I will glorify God with it. Listen, you ain't glorifying God with your paycheck. How would you glorify God? Whoa, that was too much, Sorry. Anyway, I think if you asked him at the end of 40 years, hey, was it worth it? I think he would say, you betcha. I think it was worth it. I think if you ask him right now, he'd shout. King David had 
physical issues so that he would pay attention to his spiritual issues. Now, before you feel like I'm trying to judge, I'm not trying to judge at all. What I am trying to say is that for the Christian, it's very important to ask the questions. When something bad does happen, the logical first question should be, am I right with God? Is God trying to get my attention about something? Is there some unconfessed sin in my life? Is there something that I'm allowing into my life that I know is not right? And is God using this to get my attention? Listen, God doesn't curse us. God is redeeming us through Jesus. So if you think, well, I deserve it. You're not paying the price Jesus already paid for. Who do we think we are? Jesus already paid for this. So you're not paying. I mean, that's very, very Eastern mysticism that you get to pay the consequences for your sin. You don't. Jesus did. But God may allow you to experience difficulty for you to look to him. So spiritual sickness, the cure is always the same. Confess, repent. And it's not until repentance that we find grace. And in grace, we find forgiveness. And forgiveness, we find peace. And peace is the cure. And you can take the cure that is peace spiritually, and and now you are set up to be able to apply spiritual peace to your emotional sickness and to your physical sickness. But peace is the answer. Repentance is, uh, isn't sorrow. Repentance is not confession. Repentance is, the Greek word is metanao. It means to change the mind. It means to, to uh, it, it's, uh, the word picture for it is to be walking in this direction, metanao, change the direction that I'm walking and walk in a different direction. So it's, it's walking according to my own wants, desires, blindedness, and then it, it, it shifts to agree with God and do what God wants. So, so a person that says, hey, listen, I, I sinned in such and such a way, it's, it's easy to think that that's a spiritual issue. It's not. If my kids were to walk in and say, hey, Dad, I broke the lamp. Well, big deal. That doesn't fix the lamp. That's just acknowledging something. So repentance is after confession, agreeing with God, is, is where we find forgiveness. And in forgiveness, we find peace. Have you ever been have you ever been physically sick and and taken medication like probably most likely a, an a antibiotic maybe some of you've had kids before had a sore throat took an antibiotic for 2 or 3 days started feeling better maybe maybe missed a dose maybe missed two but you were feeling better and so a week later your sore throat is back because you didn't see it all the way through Probably a terrible illustration, but that's how spiritual sickness works as well. If, you're, if you want to be healed phys, uh, spiritually, but you don't take the medicine all the way through, your symptoms are always going to reappear. That, that's why you have a Christian that can't sometimes get off of a, of a really bad, destructive habit. It's because you recognize sorrow, you recognize that there is a spiritual issue, but you keep 
basking in the experience. You know, you keep listening to that. You keep watching that. You keep spending time with those people. You acknowledge it, but you're not taking the cure all the way through, which is repentance. That's what sorrow without repentance is like. When we confess without repentance, you're always going to fall right back into that same sickness time and time again. And this is not a blanket statement, but oftentimes it requires a a more difficult sickness each time to get our attention. So God gives us repentance. Repentance is something you do. Paul even told Timothy, pray that God would grant them repentance. Repentance is, some, repentance is a gift that God gives us once we continue to confess and agree with him. Sickness lodges into every recess of our lives. Sickness is a byproduct of the fall and it affects every part of creation. So even after spiritual healing, we still have to deal with physical sickness because our physical bodies are a part of the physical world. And the world's under a curse. Now I want to make a statement as a church, something that we don't talk about very often and we should. We believe in healing. I'll say it this way. I believe in healing. I believe in supernatural, divine, miraculous healing. God heals, not healers. There is no such thing as a healer. There is the gifts of healings that God sometimes will give people the ability to, by faith, speak. But But the healing does not reside in a person. Scripture never, not one time, talks about that. God is the healer. Jesus is the cure. But if we're not careful, we will begin to focus on only, because because it's safe, we're we're all in agreement that we all uh, experience physical sickness. And so, it's safer to talk about doctor's appointments and it's safer to talk about, to talk about eels and getting older uh, uh, and it's, it's, it's safe. It doesn't require much, but you start talking about spiritual issues, Christian people shut down pretty quick because we don't trust each other. We've learned that we can't trust each other. So when we get together in our little groups and we start talking about anybody got any prayer requests, almost inevitably every one of them is physical, 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 physical. We don't pray for lost people. We don't pray for sin in our life. We don't pray for our heart problems. We don't pray for the wrong heart problems. But I think what the Bible does is the Bible says, hey, if there's any sick among you, let them confess their sins that they may be healed. But that, that, that's not a blanket statement to all kinds of sickness. That's a blanket statement to spiritual sickness. But to, but to say that all sicknesses is the same, they're not. There's spiritual sickness that has spiritual cures. There's emotional sickness that has emotional cures. There's physical sickness that has physical cures. And to apply one answer to all of them is to miss the miraculous glory of God and to live confused. If I were to ask, which one do you think God's most interested in? Don't answer, please. Because all of them. He's interested in all of them. 
I, I have learned this in my few years on earth. <laughs> uh, if you're sick physically for very long, it will affect your mind. And what affects your mind for very long will eventually affect your spirit. So it works both ways. You know, spiritual sickness can become physical. Physical sickness can become spiritual. Jesus is the cure for all of them. But I think what we need to do is to learn that when there are afflictions and tribulations in our life, our first question is to consult the spiritual. Because that's where we're going to find the peace of Jesus Christ that we can apply as a remedy to the other issues. You see, the spiritual issues is the eternal healing. All healing flows from the spiritual healing. There's no, there's no formula to physical healing. So if you want to say, well, you know, in the book of Mark, Jesus did it this way, and we start conjuring up formulas to declare over somebody, well, that's ridiculous. And, I mean, if you only looked at one passage, maybe, but here's, here's what I, you can go back and look into the, all of the gospels and see who Jesus healed. Jesus never healed people for their own good. He, he healed them to declare to the people that he was the Messiah. So even when Jesus healed people, it was to declare his glory, not their comfort. It's very important. And most of the time when we pray for miraculous physical healing, it's for our comfort, not for his glory. Oh, we might tack on a, for your glory, Lord, but we don't really mean it. We mean it for our glory first. And if there's any leftover, we'll give it to him. You know, every, you know, Lazarus, well, that's a great physical healing <laughs> until he died again. And everybody that was healed in the scripture had to go through death again. But for those who experience spiritual vitality in life, it's eternal. So which one should we focus on? Should we focus on only the temporary physical part of us because, because you know, we, we don't like affliction? Or should we try to focus on the spiritual and thank God for his presence that while we are sick physically, struggling physically, we can still experience the presence and the glory of God and give him praise and glory even through tribulation? Now, am, am, am I saying it's wrong to pray for healing? No, because sometimes he does. And I sure wouldn't want to miss mine. And I would say to the Lord, Lord, here's what my heart wants. My heart wants healing. But Lord, I don't know my heart. My heart's a liar. It has lied to me a lot. But here's what I ultimately know. Not my will, but yours be done. If you want me healed, glorify yourself through me. If you don't want me healed, glorify yourself through me. While God sometimes, I want you to write this down. It's a little bit long. I want you to write it in your mind, if nowhere else. While God sometimes does heal the body miraculously, is is the contentment that he gives us in trials any less miraculous? If God heals me physically, that's miraculous. But to be able to undergird me in peace 
without healing is just as miraculous. Paul was struggling in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. He said, even though I've received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is sufficient. It's all you need. My power works best in weakness. So Paul said, so now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So why would we spend all of our energy trying to rid ourselves of the thing that God is trying to use in us to bring him greatest glory? I don't think it keeps Paul from maybe praying again. But God gave him a thorn in the flesh, a physical affliction that affected his mind as well, tormented him, but it kept him humble so that he could keep his eyes on eternity. Which is greater. A a dynamic, authoritarian preacher that lost his way or a humble, discomforted church planner that will spend eternity in the presence of God. And we're talking about him 2,000 years later. I don't know. Maybe it was physical. Some say his eyes were bad and he struggled to see. I don't know. Don't matter. Some say maybe it was emotional. Perhaps it was the ghosts of all the murdered Christians that he had killed through his time. And these things haunted him in his sleep. I don't know. Maybe it was spiritual. He struggled to see why God would continue to to use the waves of life to crush him. (laughs) I don't know what it was. But one thing I do know is that regardless, if God allows it, his grace is sufficient for you to endure it. I know that. I know that whatever God allows doesn't give us permission to complain and grumble and woe is me. I know that. I know that whatever happens to us, it's God giving us the opportunity to display and declare his glory, not our comfort. I know that. Isn't that the healing part? Isn't that ultimately the healing part? If you ask somebody that's tormented physically, are you healed? I think most of them would probably say yes because they have found healing in their spirit. Can you imagine having to struggle day in and day out without the presence of Jesus? There's no healing in that. Listen to Isaiah 53. I want you to notice pain, suffering, and sickness as I read this. Isaiah 53 verse 3. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried away our sorrows. Yes, we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our 
iniquities, and upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. <laughs> I, like, I like how Isaiah uses all three parts of us, the emotional, the physical, and the spiritual. I won't go into all of this of how Jesus was whipped, but of course Isaiah 53 is prophetic of the coming, of the coming Savior who was going to experience the emotional loss of the relationship with the Father if just for a moment when all of the sin of all mankind from all time heap upon him and he pays the price and Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The anguish when Jesus was in the garden but he succumbed to those things for the glory of the Father and for the redemption of his creation. And the physical beating, the plucking of the beard, the, the crown of thorns over and over. We go through, I don't want to take the time to go through all of the gore of the physical suffering that Jesus endured. Isaiah isn't just claiming that Jesus is a physical healer, and most people want to claim that. And I'll tell you how I know that. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, when he says this, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that we might die to sins. Isaiah 53 isn't saying that Jesus... By his wounds, we are healed of physical issues. Peter interprets Isaiah 53 to say that Jesus was, by his stripes, we are healed so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. He takes the physical healing that so many hold on to. And if God chooses not to, then God's not good. But what God's trying to do is take the physical world and redeem it. claim healing in one area when God is speaking to another it's dangerous and it robs God's glory so Matthew actually uses Isaiah 53 as well Matthew chapter 8 he says this many who were demon possessed were brought to him and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick but this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah that he took up our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. Jesus didn't heal them because they were sick. Jesus healed them to declare he was the Messiah. There were a lot of people Jesus passed that he didn't heal. Matthew points out in healing the multitudes of their physical ailments, Jesus, what Jesus was doing was proving his power to heal them of their spiritual ailments. Again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray for physical healing. God does it. God commands us to pray for that. But it doesn't diminish his glory if he doesn't. It gives us different opportunities to declare his glory. So again, we, we believe in, I believe in healing in the physical, emotional, in the spiritual areas of life. But to focus on the physical keeps our minds here and now. It keeps our minds on physical comfort. Again, this, this is where I want you to listen to me very generally. 
Because as I said earlier, there are many people that we love and care for deeply that we see a physical issue is performing a lot of affliction in a person's life. And we need to pray for that. We need to pray that God would use us to reveal. We need to pray that God would sustain people as as they're dealing. But if he doesn't, it does not imply his absence. What we pray is that God would receive glory. And our hearts cry out that there is glory in the miraculous physical healing. But the greater eternal glory is the grace, contentment, and peace that he gives us through his spirit when we're right with him. You see, his presence is the sufficient grace that we need and what we need to point people to. True healing True healing, biblical healing comes from remembering who Jesus is. To be very aware of his presence, his plan, and his peace. It's, it's choosing, and only by our spirits being alive can we want what he wants. And then sickness and pain don't have to be in vain. It's only a small part of what needs to be said today. I wish I had a lot longer. I don't, and I won't. But when we pray, we should pray for God's glory to be revealed to us and through us. Regardless of what he chooses to do, we are content because he is near. If he uses afflictions, so be it. If he removes afflictions, so be it. I was naked when I was brought into this world, and I'll be naked when I leave. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God sometimes uses unlikely things to make us like Jesus. Sometimes God uses sickness to teach us about Jesus. Sometimes to keep us humble. Sometimes to keep keep us soft, to keep us focused on eternity. Sometimes God heals us, but not for our comfort, always for his glory. Don't forget that. Always God is at work performing his best for our best. If he heals miraculously, we'll see him and reveal him. If he doesn't heal, we will see him and reveal him. And we need to make sure that in every situation, we are living lives of repentance. With repentance and dependence upon grace comes spiritual peace. Spiritual peace becomes emotional peace. Emotional peace becomes contentment and conforms us into the image of Jesus Christ which is the reason we live and breathe. I want to, for those of you who are not, maybe this is your first service or maybe first few services, I'm going to do something that I don't typically do, and, but I think it's very important. Um, several months ago, through a series <clears throat> Of events, I'm going to try to keep this at 20,000 feet, okay? So if it adds confusion, I'm really sorry. That's not my intention. But Donette and I ended up in an emergency room, and through that, through that process, she has been diagnosed with a cystic brain tumor. I'm not going to explain... Uh, what that is or where it comes from because just there's just so little known about them. Less than 1% of all brain 
uh, tumors are this type in this area. <clears throat> Some people can have them and not have symptoms, but uh, there are a few people who have them and are symptomatic, and we are of those. So, you know, for us, uh, Donetta is uh, symptomatic, and it's, <clears throat> I know, again, I'm going to try to keep it really high, but it's in the pineal region of the brain. Uh, that is uh, a, a, uh, the area of the brain that's right in the middle. I mean, it couldn't be more centrally located, top, bottom, left, right. Uh, and it's where the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere communicate with each other in the corpus callosum. I know that you probably don't care about that, and that's okay. I don't really expect you to. I just want you to know, for us, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a thing. And so I tell you that very early on in the diagnosis, uh, Donetta named it. And <laughs> I think it's just ridiculous, <laughs> to be quite honest. Uh, so uh, it's just incredibly uh, goofy. So uh, she, she named it Helga. I know what you're picturing this woman who sings at the end of the opera with the horns. And I think that's why its name's Helga. Uh, from the very beginning, we spent time in prayer asking God for direction. And it, this thing causes, it can cause hydrocephalus and seizures and strokes and mental issues and sleep issues. And uh, it impairs word finding and driving and many other things. And so, uh, you know, as, as I often do, I, with my door closed, because I don't want to be that guy, uh, in my office, I'll, I'll lay down in my floor, face down, you know, prostrate before the Lord, and just honestly, I'll often bear your troubles to the Lord. Sometimes my own. So uh, one day I was doing that before the Lord, and he took me to a particular passage. And uh, I took notes on it, but the first passage that, that he took me to was uh, James chapter 1, verse 2. And it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So that's kind of rough. I, I <clears throat> decided to digest that word by word and... Uh, take it down to its purest, simplest meaning, and uh, and so here's what here's what uh, James said: when when undesirable things happen to you, just just go ahead and rename those things and call them joy. So when you're in the middle of things that you don't want to be in the middle of, just just declare it joy, rename it. <clears throat> So I thought, well, this is an undesirable thing. I'm going to call it Joy, which is a lot better name than Helga. <laughs> so because the undesirable things test you, trials attack your faith first. But a faith that stands produces the ability to endure. And when endurance, James says, when endurance becomes mature, you will become holy, lacking nothing. So when physical things come, name them joy because they're performing a process that leads to greater mature holiness, Christ-likeness, 
So whatever God allows in your life, what he's trying to do is manifest Jesus through you. Be joyful, brothers and sisters, because you can only do that through trials. By the way, it was only through trials that Jesus could perform in you the righteousness of God. It only makes sense. If you're going to claim to be in Christ, you must live as Jesus lived. So anytime in Scripture that God tells us to rename something, he's at work, right? Abram to Abraham, Sarah to Sarah. Uh, you got Cephas to Peter. You got Saul to Paul. So I decided since Donetta was going to rename her brain, I would just see what that was going to look. So I looked up, what does Helga mean? What is the origin of this goofy name? And Helga comes from the Norwegian Vikings, which I can really get on board with, right? You won't believe it when I read it. Helga means holiness. And I just thought, man, that is just so funny to have no missing parts, to be lacking in nothing. So... You know, uh, goofy name, but man, I got a super spiritual wife who gets it. So I I tell you this uh, because we want you to partner in prayer with us. We don't, we know how we want to pray and we know how we've been prevented from praying. Uh, We don't know what God is doing through this, but we know that he's working. Our insurance is allowing us to go out of network to one of the only, as we can find, couple of doctors uh, in the entire country who is uh, willing to perform this type of brain surgery in order to remove it. <clears throat> Our first appointment was set August 5th. That was in December. <clears throat> and uh, the Lord has already moved it up to May 11th. Uh, so we are still praying for a closer appointment. Uh, but all of this belongs to the Lord. And we want you to know that. And we want you to know that we're at peace Uh, We want you to know that it's a big deal. We know that it's a big deal. It will not be our identity. Uh, It it won't be... uh, So I'm I'm asking you to do me a couple of favors, if you will. And and I mean this. I don't mean for it to be about me for a moment. But uh, I can still talk about other things. Uh, And if I hear anybody say, well, I know that you got a lot on you right now, and so I'm not going to bother you with this, uh, that isn't good. Uh, because God called me here uh, for that. And his grace, don't rob him of his sustaining peace and grace in my life because you're trying to protect me. Um, And so when that time comes, I'll let you know. But until then, this is something that the Lord is doing through us that we're we're enjoying learning more about who he is and and what he's doing. And, uh, And we're just asking you to pray that we would be good ambassadors of his glory and of his grace. Uh, We declare nothing but his glory to be revealed and that his grace to bring us peace in the whole man. Today, I want to ask you uh, this. I want to put this into the DNA. I'm using our story as as an opportunity to do something else. Um, And that is... Having, having been here as long as I have, I know, I know many of you at a, at a different level than you know each other. 
Um, and that's one of the curses and blessings of being a pastor is, is being able to know people intimately and acting like you don't. Um, and I want you to know that we love you and are committed to you, and we're really glad that this is the church that God has us in. Um, and I also want to say that, that from this point on, we believe in healing as a church, and we're going to we're going to continue to declare it. And I want you to know, if you're haunted by your past, you don't have to be. And, and if there's some spiritual needs in your life, you don't have to worry about being afraid of being real and, and honest and having God come into your spirit and heal you spiritually so that you can experience his peace. And if you're struggling emotionally, welcome home. Uh, if you are if you are struggling physically, we want to help you walk that out, and we will we will ask God to heal you as well. And if He does, or when He does, we're going to allow you and help you and resource you to give glory to Him every step of the way. And so and so today, before we close, I want us to have I want us to have prayer over each other. There's not a person in here that's not affected by sickness of some sort. And my hope is that given this opportunity that all of us would be able to say, you know what, I've, I've put up with not recognizing the healing that God has already given for far too long. Some of you may need to give your life to Jesus today. Some, some of you need to forgive people and some of you need to receive his forgiveness. Some of you need to, to find meaning in your daily grind of pain. But today I want all of us to be able to leave saying, you know, I just think about, and Donna and I have claimed, we've claimed a lot, <clears throat> you know, of God's promises. And uh, I guess Daniel, <laughs> uh, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are getting ready to be thrown into the, the uh, fiery furnace. And I mean, they were a lot younger than me. And they didn't have family and they didn't have faith community around them. And Nebuchadnezzar said, you better bow. And they said, our God is able to deliver us, O king. But even if he does not, we will not bow. So whatever it is that's going on in your life, I just want us to be people that will not bow regardless. I know God is able. I don't know what he's going to do. But I know that if you do go to the fiery furnace, one as if the Son of Man will be with you in his presence. And so uh, I wanted to read this. Maybe it has a little different light today. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. I'm going to ask uh, Donetta to come up here in the middle. And, and I know some of you have things that you've not told people. And you don't have, I'm not going to, this, this thing going to be open mic morning. Uh, you don't have to tell anything you don't want to tell. Um, but 
as she comes. I want to invite, I'm going to invite you to stand first so this will be easier. Uh, but I'm going to ask if you are willing and want to, uh, to come and pray with us, not necessarily for us. If you want to pray for us, you're welcome to. But if you want to pray with us, we're going to pray that God would receive the glory from all the things that he allows in our life. And so my hope is that you will feel comfortable today rallying around, not us, around each other as brothers and sisters. If you need help finding or taking your next step, send us a message at hello at myconnectchurch.cc.